Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamfler from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, pay-per-views, oh, also AW Dynamite, also AW Rampage, <laughs> pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup that we complete with a mega quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet, Michael Sidgwick, enjoying a couple of well-deserved weeks off. Um, but I suppose there's only one thing to say at the start of this, and that's thank you, Vince. Uh, uh, it, it felt horrible coming out. I've got to be honest. Yeah. Um, quiet Friday night for you, was it? Yeah. Uh, not a lot going on. Luckily, really, I guess that like these Fridays of late have been pretty quiet on the wrestling news cycle front. Uh, you can kind of just switch your phone, as I did. You can sort of not check the timeline for a little bit and switch your phone off and really relax knowing that I'm not going to miss anything. I'm not going to miss anything until I miss something. <laughs> and then returned online to find, well, well, eulogies that would make one believe he was in fact dead. Yep. Whereas in fact he had just retired. Um, Coincidence s- that, isn't it? <laughs> speculatively, of course perhaps ahead of more to come, or indeed just in response to what's already been reported. Um, or he just thought it was his time. All speculative, of course. Maybe finally he's going to spend some of that money. He's going to just going to take some time off. He's going to buy himself a nice bucket of paint, a paintbrush, and tidy up the old sexy bitch. <laughs> um, I think he sold that to some boat guy, didn't he? I oh, did he? he? I'm sure there was some boat guy that went online and was doing like, I, like went on Twitter and did a thread. I was the one that bought the sexy bitch. <laughs> Um, My yeah. name's Jeff Bitch. <laughs> That's just for the ladies. Um, no, this is going to be one of them stories that we could talk a little... Well, and it's already been talked to death over the course of the weekend, and indeed it sort of features in the first segment of SmackDown. It's a story that is going to be a developing story for mm. weeks and months and maybe even years. It's it's It felt in, like, what, six, seven weeks ago when the first stories were dropping that we were just in the beginnings of the biggest story. Yeah possibly in North American wrestling history. And it, this is a, this is not the start of it. This is merely a continuation of it. And I think important chapters are still going to be written on this story. And I think... I So basically, right, without going too deep right now on the ramifications of Vincent Mann retiring, because they are manifold, 
I just think anyone that chose, it's my opinion, these are not the views of whatculture.com, um, and I certainly was told that my opinions were wrong plenty <laughs> over the weekend. I think anybody, and I say this as somebody that has watched what Vincent Mann has produced for 30 years, anybody that chose this weekend to take a moment with themselves and just recall some great moments of their past and how wrestling shaped their lives, as it indeed has shaped mine personally and now for the last sort of five, six years professionally, chose this weekend to be like, I want to pay tribute to uh, my TV my TV dad, my TV granddad, whatever they think Vince McMahon to be, to have just saved it in drafts. Just save it in drafts. There's still time. If you haven't, but you want to press send, save it in drafts. Because, well, one thing that might not be getting saved in drafts is whatever the Wall Street Journal still has to publish Mm. or whatever else may yet come out or whatever else. If nothing else comes out, the findings of the internal investigation by WWE's board of directors, which are ongoing, and yet Vincent Mann has already retired. Yeah. You know, like that, even if nothing more is to come from the the media, and by media I mean the real media, not the wrestling one, um, <laughs> the board of directors haven't completed their investigation, and Vincent Mann has concluded his time with WWE. Mm. So save it in drafts. Watch the shows, if they give you a reason. Why do I watch the shows? Like, that shows the week. Watch the shows, by all means. Keep your network subscription. I'm not telling people not to be customers. I'm a punter, just like everybody else. Uh, but I maybe hold back on the tributes. Yes, exactly. It's, it's a, it, it, to me, seems incredibly reckless. And you can separate the two as well. That's the crazy thing that I couldn't understand about it. Like, I made a point online uh, that I just thought, well, ultimately there are bigger things than fake television shows. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's probably what we should be thinking about. But... It doesn't mean that you don't have to enjoy the television shows. You really can. You really can do both in this one. But just maybe... You can enjoy it now. Yeah, well, especially now, yeah. But just try and maybe create an emotional detachment between the two because your heart's only going to be... It's, if it's not already broken, it's going to be like shattered into even smaller pieces and kicked around by what might yet still yeah. emerge. I said this to Andy on the news this morning. I don't think it's really sunk in for me yet. I think I'm sat here going, oh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who takes over creative and who's going to be, you know, the. I know we've got co CEOs now with Steph and, uh, and Nick Khan. What's your favorite new job? Yeah. Mine is being creative. <laughs> so, but I, like, that's it. There isn't, this isn't just like, you know, when he, he may have, like, handed power of the company over to someone else whilst the trial's going on or whatever. And it that may didn't be. feel real, did it? No. No. You always knew the sort of hand of the author was, is that the right phrase? Something, you know, it's over, hovering over all of it. This is it now. This is this is day one, to use a WWE phrase, in terms of what happens now. This show was, like, I stayed up to watch a bit of this show. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I hadn't prepared myself. I need, I need a nap if I know this is coming. <laughs> yeah. I was laid there Friday night watching Love Island with the missus. This all kicks off. I can barely pay attention to the recoupling. It was a nightmare, right? <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you saw, I just sort of, I effectively just was like, well, it's happened then. Mm. And then was like, it was, you know, Brock's, Brock's left. Brock's not coming back. And then he did subsequently. Twitter's alive on these nights, isn't it? Yeah. Like, for better and worse, Twitter is alive. It's, it feels like a sentient being where you can understand completely why it's become like the Times Square of the digital world. Yeah, some, sometimes. it's just amazing. You, just, you, put, you know that, that analogy that somebody had about one of the problems with Twitter and indeed social media is that function, the literal feeling of like the one-armed bandit at Vegas. Yes. You swipe down just hoping to get a win. 
And then sure enough, you lose again. It's something that makes you feel sad or it's a doom scroll or it's something yeah. off the news that you didn't want to read. I've stopped reading Twitter in the morning before I get up now. But then you look and you think, well, one more pull. And you pull again and you just hope against all hope. Like, it's because of nights like that. It's because of your memories of the nights like this. Like, every time you pull down the feed, there's a new take, there's a new story. The Brock stuff was dropping. There was nothing that wasn't fascinating. And then within those tweets, there's replies and quote tweets and you're like well i'm gonna feast on them as well yeah it's just every pull down brought about something new like normally and i'm guilty of this the missus will be like you know it's it's our evening together get mm. off your phone sort of thing and i and i've started now like leaving it in another room or yep. whatever it may be even the missus knew on friday night that's me yeah like she didn't argue when i said like i'm gonna have to go and watch smackdown now mm. like we had loads of stuff Plan for like doing over the house on Saturday. I was like, yeah, we're gonna have to knock that back a few hours because I've got to stay up till like bloody <laughs> three a.m. And she knows how much I love my sleep at the weekends. I am a man who could sleep all weekend, quite yeah. possibly. And same, uh, same. I was just there going, <laughs> I was just hard, there, hard same. I was just there going, uh, like it happened. And then it was the first initial wave of like, what if it's been hacked? What if this is yeah. a, you know gimmick or whatever? Then the statement comes out at WWE.com. It's all being confirmed by Sean Rossap, Alvarez, all the usual uh, types, sort of like that. Mm. Then the Brock stuff drops, and you're like, oh, I mean, well, and the whole, you know, everything's being rewritten for SmackDown, which is normal, but not normal in this scenario. Shouts for Goldberg to suddenly be main event. In oh, Sunday. God. Did you see that bit yeah, as well? Yeah, I saw like that. that yeah. And then... Uh, not enough people calling for the Fiend, IMO. I don't know, maybe, maybe I should have got back on Twitter, started flying that Fiend flag. And then, well, this can segue nicely into our review because we'll be keep, you know, harking back to it. Well, it's going to everything. It, like, this is like, good, like our preview for Raw later, yeah. our preview for, Smack, uh, for SmackDown this week, our preview for SummerSlam, the fallout from SummerSlam. Like, everything's up in the air now. Like I imagine, Vince McMahon will continue to lurk in the shadows with his um, influence felt over everything, regardless of whether or not that's the public thing now. For example, Bruce Pritchard is going to pick up the phone to Vincent Mann as much as he's going to liaise with Vince with Triple H and Stephanie. Uh, Kevin Dunn, you know, one of Vince's closest confidants, is surely going to try and involve his input in some capacity. So too is this news in our coverage, mm. in everybody's coverage. I don't think it, I don't think it can't. It's it's almost impossible to contextualize WWE for the next six months, year, two years without this news. It's that seismic an event that this SmackDown, in a literal sense, in the opening segment, is something that had something on it as a result of Vince's exit. But let's say in three weeks' time, there is a uh, a new character has been pushed, built, wins a few matches. Let's, so I'll give you a perfect example, right? Let's just say that the Street Profits win the tag belts at um, SummerSlam, have immediately, out the gates, this just this incredible, like, Era year defining run as tag team champions, and then they main event extreme rules with a tag team title match because the story is just that over. What's the conversation going to be? Jesus Christ, the witch is dead, and finally tag wrestling's back. Vince hates tag wrestling. Like, it's going to be impossible not to frame that. Mate, as... I was watching SmackDown going, Michael Cole of all people. I like, uh, I, I'm, I, I flip, flip flop with Michael Cole. Sometimes I'm like, fuck Michael Cole. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, come on. He is doing the job to the best of his abilities when Everyone someone's yelling at traffic. Like, you, tr- you try and do that. Look mm-hmm. what's look how many other people they've burned through and he's stuck around. For better and for worse, right? There's that. He says fans. Xavier Woods is talking about Ring of Honor and talking about the IWGP tag titles. I'm like, 
what is going? That's night one, yeah. And that's not just like boy. He won't notice. Don't worry. He's, he's already been entertained earlier on. He's got double G, double O, double <laughs> gone. There's real star of Summerslam on this show. And by the way, yeah, in my, that image of Vince McMahon on the last Royal Nitro pointing at the monitor that he'd had, he'd had a tape made of Jeff on so he could do that. Like, you flash forward to 21 years later and who is still within the walls of WWE. Like, back Jeff Jarrett. Like, if this weekend and the last two weeks shouldn't be, like, sort of the, the campaign that I feel like I've been running a one-man <laughs> campaign for the last several years, for God's sake, back Jeff Jarrett. Like, it never goes badly. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, If you want Jeff. to put a hashtag against somebody's name, thank Jeff Jarrett. So, uh, in the group chat, I'm going to show you this here from, from Friday night. I sort of dropped it in. They're, they are, when we go, the other lads I go camping with, mm-hmm. who go like, what's going on in uh, in WWE? want to take a steal about. That's, they're, they're, that's their question, by the way, for AEW as well. What's going on in WWE? And I have to go, there's this other promotion. Yeah. Oh, is that the one that Jericho's in and Jim Ross? Mm-hmm. Again, this yeah, is yeah. It's not, not change that from useful anecdotal evidence, that isn't it? So I'm like, boys, just to let you know, Vince McMahon has retired, mm. right? And people are like, whoa, and they're posting like, look, they're posting Vince McMahon, no chance in hell gifts. Yeah. Uh, Shane McMahon, oh, is, is it, do the kids take <laughs> over? Blah, blah, blah. I just want to read you this. Uh, my mate Rich uh, presents the uh, Radio X Indie Night. Oh, it's very good. Rich Wolfenden writes, is it like the WWE equivalent of a cabinet reshuffle? And I wrote, it's the WWE equivalent of having a general election after being under a dictatorship for 50 years. <laughs> that, I felt like that kind of put, uh, put across yeah. how seismic this all was. It's, it's massive. So Then they start talking about Rishi Sunak in Hell in a Cell. Well, I mean, that would be... And I said I'd love to tombstone pile driver Boris Johnson. But it, we got off topic there, but still. Put, just like put the Tories in the elimination chair, but then just don't have a match. Just leave them there in those individual pods. Like, pick your favourite, like, sort of front benches and just put them in there. With Brock, f in them all off the top. Jeremy Corbyn with the Money in the Bank brief. <laughs> we can but dream. I, yeah, uh, I was, yeah, the, last week I happened upon uh, an analogy for NXT 2.0 that I think broadly, I'm, all of a sudden I can apply to WWE. The, the flagship, you mean? The new flagship of WWE. 2.0 is like, you know, in the film where, like, I'm assuming in the Goonies, but in other films where the treasure chest is the grand prize. Yes. And... It's a funny old little storage container, the treasure chest. But because of all of these very evocative usages in all our, you know, whether it's pirate stories, adventure stories, whatever, it's just that shape. Pulp Fiction, is that what's in the the thing? The briefcase opens yeah. up, doesn't it? that NXT. Well, along those lines, right? But <laughs> yes. I, it kind of flipped it halfway through. Basically, NXT 2.0 is like that treasure chest, but then you open it up and it's just full of landmines. <laughs> it's like, ooh, that could be good. And then you open it up, oh, it's, it's Von Wagner being asked to speak. Oh, it's all the women are being sexualized yet again. Like, that could be the Vince McMahon story. Yeah. Because the treasure chest has suddenly been presented in a way that, like, you are permitted for the first time in a long time to let your imagination run wild. Safe in the knowledge that, ultimately, everyone... Within WWE is currently people that have sat at Vince McMahon's learning tree, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't like it wasn't like sort of Vince McMahon was on the phone to Bill Watts <laughs> all the time, and he was like, you know, I'm going to run my company, are you Bill Watts, or even an Eric Bischoff or whomever, you know, pick your promoter. It's Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and Bruce Pritchard and all these people. In some capacity, they are, you know, indebted to Vince McMahon's yeah. teachings and his methods and things like that. The one outlier being Nick Khan, who remains like he's up there with Jeff Jarrett for me at the moment in terms of like banter outliers, but. Yeah, it's it's worth applying a bit of caution here. The treasure chest at the moment is just everything. Potentially, WWE is everything you want to be. Careful when you open the chest, because it could be a bunch of landmines, because mm. it could... What if Stephanie McMahon 
It's like, well, right, that's how we're doing it then. This cre- this creative structure that I kind of put in place around 2000, 2001, how does it work again? Right, 30 on the road, 30 at home, 60 altogether, everybody's miserable, and I tear it up half an hour before showtime. Is that what we're doing? Is that what everybody's comfortable <laughs> that's with? That's how right? it works, right? Got it. Right, so, uh, but it's a different person tearing it up, so it could be even worse. So it's just, it's impossible to know the good, the bad, and the ugly of all of this, but it's going to be kind of amazing to watch it happen. Absolutely. It's, it, it, I feel privileged to be around reporting on it at the time. Yeah. Because, like like I said to Andy, if you'd have said to me, when do you think, you know, people have, we've already, we've made videos, everyone's made mm-hmm. videos and, and, and articles and stuff online. We made about one like, on Friday afternoon yeah. where we were talking about Raw with PG and, you know, I think, like, Murray was conscious of his pragmatism coming across as negativity, yeah. which, I'd, like, that's not me putting words in his mouth, but just to say, oh, oh, yeah, we can have some fun with this, but nothing changes until he's out of the chair. It's that's That's been, ultimately, this bedrock of... All critical analysis of WWE for anybody that actually watches and cares mm-hmm. for decades. If you'd have sat as asked us, and he was gone twelve hours later. If you'd have asked us, like, uh, you know, when do you think it's going to happen? On the McMahon family track record, in terms of, and I don't want to get morbid here, but like shuffling off this mortal coil, mm-hmm. twenty years, twenty years, well, easy. Yeah, yeah like I, you wouldn't have said. I reckon by you know by the time. Uh, you know, five years time. No, I'd be still the exact. It's going to be more bonkers. That's all everyone said. He's he's seventy whatever he is, seventy seven now. It's yeah. going to go more bonkers, and he's never going to relinquish power. Like he's never going to say, you know what? I think it's time for someone else to take up. Like mm-hmm. that's just not in his nature. But I, now it's all up for grabs. I think the sale conversation should be back as well. Mm. Has he got himself out of the picture because there was something suddenly put at risk? Yes. You know, was it like TV rights or a big sale? The, the huge earners for WWE was something put at risk by his placement ahead of ahead of or because of already what's out there about, you know, these allegations mm-hmm. and things like that. That speculation, if it wasn't already there, and it has been for a couple of years, it would always come to an end with, I just don't think it's Vince. Like any, because we all just speculate. We're not in the know and we don't pretend to be. But whenever there would be a conversation about Disney or about anybody else of a massive size that would think, oh, we could just scoop it up, it would always come back to, I but Vince. The, the last line of defense is always Vincent Mann. And that has just been lifted too. Nick Khan is a guy. I've worked in companies that employ people like Nick Khan before. We joke about him. They're scumbags. They're absolute. They're they're just the worst of the worst. I don't understand how they do it. Yeah, they never hold a job down for more than like two to four years. Yeah, and they even tell you so. They're like, oh, I spent four years here as the chief executive. Burba. I spent four years here as the chief. And what they did is they went in. They sacked a bunch of people to make the budgets like inordinately lower cut one or two really good deals and just made the margin look enormous. Yeah. But it was like, well, we saved spending by this much and we increased revenue by this much. Look at all that money. And then they dip and they just disappear and you never hear from them again. And there's just a wreckage left in the background. They're absolute charlatans. It's like, it's one of the many ways in which like capitalism and free market economics do not work. <laughs> but we are where we are with them sort of dicks. And Nick Khan is, could potentially be, like his next job, could be to oversee the sale of WWE where he makes an enormous crust off it, where he gets this incredible, like, as a wrestling fan, this unbelievable legacy comes in, like, in 2020, two to four years of unrecognisable sweeping changes, including Vince McMahon himself leaving, negotiates for sale, and bails. He's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, liking the look of what's going on with the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, I think I'll get myself a cush deal out there or something like that. Yeah. Like, that we could very realistically be in the middle of that era and just not know it yet. Also, we'll dive into the review in a second. I just want to reveal something from my sources. You know, Sean Ross Sapp's got sources. Brian Alvarez's got sources. A lot of people got sources. Yeah. I don't like sources on my uh, burgers. But a lot of people said, these are the time, you know, this what was it like five past four American time. Yeah. Uh, 
Vince announces this on Twitter, and then the message goes out, blah, blah, blah. But, oh, ding, ding. I don't, I don't know if that's what they do or not. Stock markets, I know they ring it at Yeah, some it was point. after, yep. Stock markets closed, so mm-hmm. they got the whole weekend to sort of go, oh, no, we got the house in order, and then when it reopens on Monday, there's less of a panic. Yes. Not the case. Not the case, apparently. They literally went, is everyone all, what culture gone home? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is Sidgwick definitely away from the next fortnight? <laughs> yeah, drop the news now, see what happens. Go on. Drop it, he's in Crete. He's in Crete, he can't do anything. <laughs> he can't do anything. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated to know his thoughts. I think he's probably played a blinder as well because he's got two weeks to enjoy his holiday and then to come back and there might actually be tangible changes by this point. Mm-hmm. Like there might you know, be at this point something you can see or something you can feel. It's SummerSlam this weekend. It is SummerSlam at a stadium this weekend. Like, And then after that, like traditionally, mm. you know, WrestleMania, boom, right, start of a new, you know, season premiere sort yeah. of thing. It's fair to say that something similar happens around SummerSlam. They go, right, blah, 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 SummerSlam, right, we've got... Certainly Four last couple, five yes. months to really get our house in order. We'll just chuck anyone in there for Survivor Series. No one gives a toss. But by the time January rolls around, we need to be ready. So yeah. let's start sorting stuff. And like, it's a blank page right now. They're potentially staring down Roman Reigns, finally losing at Clash of the Castle, possibly. Like, it's... it's, it's like, oh. we've said this before, right? There's been certain times where nothing is as big as this. And we are dipping into review time here, but let's be honest. Like, it was a fairly... Under, like, after the big event... Just start like SmackDown. Didn't it, it? Yeah, this, this so, hung, hung heavy in the titty. This yeah, it hung heavy in the titty. But there, there has been events previously where he, Cody coming back is a good recent one where you sort of think, well, throw everything up in the air now because this has changed the rules. This has changed the game. We didn't bank on this. I remember when Bischoff and Heyman were at that announcement day. Was, excuse me. <laughs> right? And it, ultimately, a lot of these things come to nothing. You sense that this one won't. But it's immediately now. WWE get yet another period where, because you can speculate on anything, yep. anything is possible, and where they'll be punished if in six months there's like a really boring Survivor Series, we'll kind of look back and be like, how's this then? Yeah. How have you conspired to make this dull? Like this year's Royal Rumble was a great example, wasn't it? It's like, well, we're going to have, the, we're heading into the first WrestleMania, and WrestleMania was great, but like we're heading into the first WrestleMania with crowds again, everything's back. You, like, you only got your people back in the building from, what, July onwards? Mm-hmm. How have we arrived at the Rumble and everybody's already goddamn sick of your product? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, that was what we it felt like. hit this it? perfect reset button. Every, yeah. You know, like, I always remember Cesaro versus Sephiroth being a really basic wrestling match. Bad guy, good guy. Good yeah. guy wants to hit this move. That's all the crowd want to see. Mm-hmm. They do it. They win. They go home. Everyone's happy. And you're just sort of thinking, like, wow, when the full crowds are back. Free, exactly. free hit for years. And it had got to the rumble. It was like, oh, nobody pops for anybody. There's no start. 60 people, 30 men, 30 women, like, zero pops. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of treading on my own toes here. This, you know, I'll be honest, right? Sometimes, middle of the week, I'm sat there racking my brain going, right, we need to do a get the table for today mm-hmm. or for, for Thursday or for the weekend or whatever it is. And sometimes, if there isn't a pay-per-view at the week, premium live event at the weekend... I'm like, ugh, I'm kind of covering old ground here, and I know the certain <laughs> Is it safe to say that me and you were the only ones that missed the days of, like, 15 to 16 oh. premium live events a year? Because the amount of fallout, go! Oh, so like, you were just like, right, bingo, another pred- predictions podcast, is yeah. it? And I was like, yeah. right, off we go. But, like, so, and sometimes I'll be like, oh, and, and, and this, I know there's some topics that if I present to you or Sid or Andy mm. or whoever it may be, I'm going to get the eye roll and I'm going to have to be like, really be like, come on, guys, we have to talk about this. And it's, you know, it is what it is. And we'll, oh, maybe we'll just do a Q&A podcast, yeah. which we might do this week mm-hmm. because it's probably a lot of Qs See, and A's. Two, that need to be... I've only got two days in this week because I think I've made it clear before, in terms of school holidays and education in this country, the system doesn't work. <laughs> so I've only got half a week this week. Bring the kids in. But like, I'm, I mean, do you know what, right? I've got like three days to fill. Everywhere's really expensive. It's the summer. They completely rinse you. 
if there's Friday news, if the Wall Street Journal decides, you know what, we're going to flip it this week because that's what they're doing. They're catching us out with this stock market bollocks. If it's a Thursday drop instead of a Friday one, you're getting two kids in the office on Friday. <laughs> Bring the kids to work there. We'll hide the pair of them on the podcast. Charlie's got previous anyway. Yeah. Um, he's, he's reviewed a pay-per-view with us before. So I, like... Josh at six, unfortunately, is too discerning for pro wrestling now. <laughs> like I didn't catch him in the prime spot like I was. So that's I've lost that. Yeah. Window slammed shut. Uh I if there's big Thursday news, they're coming in on Friday and they're uh well, I'm just letting them go in the gaming office because they've got cool stuff on the desk. <laughs> yeah. Like they they love Sonic and Mario, they'll be all right. You've got toys on the desk. Yeah. Um what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so like you say, it just permeates into everything. Like you say like this year's Royal Rumble was crap, and it was. It was. And really one of my big issues with it was not even just the booking or Shane McMahon being bonkers or mm. stuff like that. It was like, ugh, apart from like three people, like music would hit on the stream, and I'd go, I, I, "Where's, until the, they where's sh- the stars? Where are the stars?" So now, I'm, but now I'm like, well, what uh, what happens at the Royal Rumble 2023? Mm-hmm. Do we get licensed music? Like that was always a no go because of yeah. Vince. That could change. And Kevin Dunn, by the way, who's like the Vince number one guy, and what if he suddenly loses? Yeah. Of power in the you know the like, pecking order of the truck. Not exactly it's Triple H and Steph's favourite person, is it? Triple H is a is a piece of trash. And one of the piece of trash moves I want him to make is I want him to force Kevin Dunn to upload a profile picture on the WWE corporate page. Because that is such a Triple H move, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like if you go on that corporate page, now it is obviously missing one big thing at the top, but it'll be Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, Triple H, Kevin Dunn. And that Kevin Dunn's had that. It's like effectively a Twitter egg. Yeah. Or like the question mark avatar thing. Vacant, the current like whatever <laughs> champion vacant. It's Kevin Dunn. I want him. Uh, hey Kev, uh, we're gonna need to get a good snap of you for the uh, website. I like the idea. My in my head, right? He's not working at the weekend for some reason, despite the fact that everyone works all the time in WWE. Yeah. Monday morning, <whistles> he's walking into the office. Morning, Kev. Here's your coffee. Thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs> the weekend. Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. <laughs> Just sits down, fires up the old computer. <laughs> Any messages? Just one. It's time to play the game. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, and then you think about like you talk you when you since you said Cody, then my mind immediately went to MJF yeah. and like people's arguments. And I understand it. And uh, it's a work. No one knows what the bloody hell's going on with him mm. in AEW. I know but what I'm like, missing. But yeah, but like the whole argument of like, come on. It's Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He's literally, and I agree, he's one of the biggest stars in wrestling right now. He is going to be the biggest star in wrestling in the next five years, in mm-hmm. my opinion. He's not going to go to WWE. Think of all the constraints they're going to put him. They'll make him a silly character. They'll make him do scripted promos. Now, it, now you don't know. We don't know. We we just don't know. It's Bruce Pritchard is in this top job. Like four years ago, he was just creeping back onto the network via a podcast, and he's suddenly the most powerful creative person in all of pro wrestling, right? That, that's how this industry works now, and I guess always has. And to be fair, that's a bit of, it's not like he hadn't put 20 years in, yeah, yeah, in the background, but do you know what I mean? Like, he was out, he was completely out, and then all of a sudden, he's never, not so much in as he is in, like, the, one of the hottest seats in wrestling. Yeah, they went from, uh, you know, I don't really like you anymore, to, I love you. Who sacked him? Stephanie McMahon. So how like what if that can't work anymore? Or what? And they what like if, Paul Heyman. What if yeah? What if they decide that's untenable? What have we said about NXT 2.0? Even Sidgwick has said this. He's a bigger critic than me of 2.0 because frankly he's just got better and more discerning taste. <laughs> but even he has, con- has admitted on this podcast that if they do one thing on NXT 2.0, it's a plot. They don't tell very good stories, but you can tell there's a beginning middle. I think that there's a couple of examples where they have told half decent ones. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of the Cora Jade stuff. Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, we saw it. Yeah. They're doing, they were doing some work, right? But by and large, a lot of it is nonsense. A lot of it is gross. A lot of it is exploitative. 
and yet they kind of think, well, we're going to see this person through to A, B, and C. That would be like an atomic bomb on Raw SmackDown, wouldn't it? Imagine just stories and characters getting to see through their arcs completely from beginning to middle. Of the way. Like, I don't know at the moment. And that's not dragging out too much. They yeah. Like, boom, boom, boom. It doesn't go six weeks later. That it's not just when you say, do you think they're going to have the match on SmackDown tonight? Or do you think they'll save it for the premium live event? They're going to do both. Mm-hmm. Like, not anymore. They're going to save that. If it's premium, they're going to save it for the premium live event. If it's to build to a premium, they're going to put it on television. And there's, it's just going to be mapped out with things in mind. It's always going to be in that WWE style, which is never going to be for everybody. But even if that changes, that one little change is going to feel huge compared to what we've had. This illogical, janky, zigzag trash that has made up WWE's... It's almost become the main roster style. Did you want something to make sense? Well, tough tits. You can't. <laughs> it's raw. Like, you don't get that on Monday Night Raw. So the, the fact that, like, even that getting applied um, to the weekly television product would... It would take, sort of, maybe six months to really notice that it had mm. happened. But just one week, we'll be like, oh, yeah. Like, every single mid-card has got something on the go. Mm-hmm. And there's a clear tier again. And think, like, there's some real jockeying for position at the moment. Like, Ricochet's, I'm not saying they're going to have wins and losses and records and stuff, but Ricochet's been putting all of it together. And, like, he's kind of made himself undeniable as the next in line. And then he gets the shot. Like, just think about how Triple H used to book NXT in his golden era and then, like, apply that to the main roster. And at this point, it's not that wild mm-hmm. that that could be welded on. Like, that might happen. It might not. It could go even crazier. The content production era has worked absolutely fine for very rich, horrible men in very rich, horrible suits, and WWE has never been richer as a result. They are not worried about what squarehead British arsehole on a podcast <laughs> thinks about an episode of SmackDown if it's making them millions and millions yeah. and literal billions. They're just not, and they never will be. But it's interesting that for a while, Triple H was... Mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he could be in a position where he could want a... The one huge glaring negative that could come from all of this, like we've, we need to be practical here and we need to be pragmatic. We just... As long as Road Dog doesn't come back, oh. things might be all right, but I think Dax put him so far in the mud, he's going to take weeks to claw out. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Like some insincere nonsense tweet, and it was like, we all saw the news today. Like, we know why you're doing this, Brian. <laughs> Love that man. Love that mustache. Love that life. Love that tag team. Thanks, Dax. (laughs) Thank you, Dax. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Well, let's get into SmackDown. Okay. Because we've talked enough about the... uh, chasm that yeah. has been left with uh, Vince McMahon's resignation uh, and retirement, I should say, mm-hmm. rather. Um, but the show opened, as promised, with Stephanie McMahon coming out. She's already in the ring. Um, welcomes everyone. Were you annoyed that she was already in the ring? I did want... Wanted Stan, a bit Stan, Grace, Stan, Grace. Grace. Uh, She announces uh, her dad's retirement. There's booze, there's cheers. People don't, mm. know whether I don't know whether people are booing Vince, whether they're booing the decision for him to retire. She thanks, or he wanted to thank everyone in the back and, and all the fans and what have you. There's a thank you, Vince Chan. She's like, no, not yet, not yet. Mm. Uh, she talks about him creating the company, uh, thanking the WWE Universe, um, and uh, runs down how everyone in the company, from the talent to the riggers, yes, even to you, Michael Cole and Pat McAfee, everyone is part of the universe, and it's finally our turn to thank Vince, and she leads everyone in a unique chance of thank you Vince I didn't know what word to proceed that with uh, it was weird cult stuff this wasn't it I don't know if uh, this is better or worse than him just appearing on television mm. as a response to the news and then giving it the big F-bomb when he gets backstage with his chest puffed out because I mean this was pretty ugly this would have absolutely dented the hopes of, I mean, we've just talked about it there, and it's why it's impossible to gauge exactly how this will play out. This would have dented the hopes of those that would have thought immediate Brave New World. Yes. Because if you're coming out and you're celebrating him in this regard, there will be, like, the reason he has got, not the the reason, a reason he might have gone is because of either what's already out there or what is still to come. But internally, if there is enough of a, you know, she's his daughter, and I understand it's a father, but if there is enough of a corporate, she's the branding officer, and she's done a pretty incredible job at, reshaping WWE's brand up until the last couple of years, she thought this isn't a bad brand move to go and pay tribute to him, then that's probably not smart. If this was a heart of a head move, then I guess, again, she's yeah. a daughter, we can't read how family work. I just thought it was kind of as ugly as him coming out and saying nothing. It was as Maybe worse. I saw a comparison on Twitter, which I, I wish I could remember he tweeted this. This is not my take, but it's, it's not as harsh a one as it might first seem. 
it makes you wonder if this footage will be regretted as much as the Benoit tribute footage. I'm not conflating the two situations, but I am suggesting they probably wish that that tribute episode didn't go out on a Monday. As news developed and broke, if news develops and breaks, will they one day regret insisting that they're all... It's one thing for Vince to come out and do it off his own back and almost be like, well, nobody can stop me. Yeah. They crafted this and asked a bunch of people to get involved in it as well. It's one of those... Because I am a bit torn by it all because, you know, Vince McMahon, without Vince McMahon, I wouldn't like pro wrestling. I wouldn't be in the job that I am today. You might, though. You might have. Granted... You might have. I don't like when people say off. You might have. But at the same time, yeah, like you say, it's one of those where, especially if someone's leading it, if the fans just decided to do it, yeah. And that's just, you know, herd mentality. This was asked for. Yeah, you know, this, they, was... this was like, come on, we're all mm-hmm. going to do it at this this time. Blah, blah, blah. It's it's one of those things as well. It's a bit like uh, uh, if you've your favorite artist, whether it be film star, musician, whatever it is, does something terrible. Yeah. Can you separate the art from the artist? Well, the fans, I don't think that would have chanted, thank you, Vince, or tweeted it or done the... You know, we're not worthy gimmick when he was first walking out. I don't think they'll care. If I don't think there's news that could break that would make them change their mind. And I think it would be foolish of, you know, if you just look at the culture wars of the last sort of decade or so, the way that like the political landscape has shifted, people, things that would have once brought down public figures slash politicians, if anything, now <laughs> enable their most ardent supporters to defend them more. Mm. I'm sure there'll all be something that we're guilty of due to our own individual biases. And I'm sure everybody knows exactly I'm referring to when I say things that would have brought down powerful men no longer do. Mm. Like, there were so many things that I imagine the traditional left-leaning political side would have assumed would have stopped Trump getting in the White House, and it didn't happen. And this is not going to turn into a political podcast. Or if Boris Johnson? Boris Johnson. We've we got that in our country as well. There, the, the, It's all just completely changed now. You can throw it all out. A lot of people believe in... Well, I don't believe personally in cancel culture as a concept, but a lot of people do and believe that you need to fight more for the people that swim against that tide. And that might be the case here with Vince McMahon. So I don't think any stories that come out, I don't think anyone that would tweet thank you Vince or do the thank you Vince in the arena would particularly care if the story comes out. I think there are people within the wrestling media and I don't need to name names, but you can go and look for the tweets. You can Mm -hmm. go and look for the videos they've uploaded, the you know, whatever the tributes are because I think what they've done is misunderstood how to share the sentiment that you've just described. Like, I'm going to say it again. I've watched this for 30 years. I do it, I cover it as part of my job, and I will continue to do both, right? As long as I can cling on to this job, my cold hands, <laughs> slash stomach the product, right? I will, this is a part of my life. So what? It's a TV show. You know, it's a, it's a uh, this is probably, uh, I don't know anything about his personal life. What, how would this go if it was Matt Groening? Mm. Because The Simpsons is a comparative thing at this point, isn't it? You know, there's like these incredible, indelible memories and it's a, got such a deep cultural footprint and things like that. If something came out about a creator along the lines of a Matt Groening or whomever, pick your favourite thing, you know? It's like people would make the exact, they would pick the exact same lane. I think, you know, like they would just go, oh, well, like The Simpsons is good. But first and foremost, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's think about the people that are suffering on the other end of it. And it's not just alleged victims of sexual abuse or business malpractice or all the other allegations that are against Vincent Mann. It's the countless, the countless cases of various malfeasance brought against him by wrestlers that were stiffed on payoffs, by promoters that were ruthlessly put out of business, by wrestlers who broke their bodies for really shoddy payoffs or it's for Bret Hart, it's for, you know, there's there are 
Christ, there's everything we've talked about with the, the, the complex legacy of Vince McMahon long before any of this sort of stuff mm. broke. Like, there was, there was always a lot of things not to like about him, and this just happens to be the thing. The whole point was, I's Teflon. You know, and just for a change, he wasn't Teflon. But there still would have been the people in the buildings doing the thank you, Vince. It's just this specific one, the timing of this. Yeah. Could, could haunt them. I don't know. So Cole talks about it being a historical night, and I'm sat there. It's one o'clock in the morning, UK time. I'm going, how on earth do you follow this? You've opened the show with this. How do you, you know, ch- ch- switch gears? <laughs> yeah. And my God, credit to him what they did next. Street Profits music hits. The roof mm. comes off the place. I mean, if you ever needed an example, and again, apologies to Angelo Dawkins here, that Montez Ford is a future singles world champion, you saw it right here. The crowd loved both of these guys. Mm-hmm. The roof came off, as I said. They come down, you baby. They, they're the ones that are entrusted to follow this yep. seismic change, and they nailed it. They come down, and they go, right, let's refocus everyone's attention back to SummerSlam next yeah. weekend. Uh, we're fighting, and we're going to win the unified tag team titles, and we're gonna, we promise to win them sort of thing. And then, of course, they're interrupted. Out comes Theory, and he says, oh, no one cares about you. No one wants to hear about you winning the titles. The titles they care about are the ones that I'm going to be winning at the weekend. I'm going to regain my US title, and then I'm going to cash in this Money in the Bank briefcase. I don't care if it's Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. And then he gets interrupted, and he's sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place because they're the Usos. They're furious with theory. Street Profits are furious with theory for saying that they're not going to win the tag titles. <laughs> they, they say people need to keep Roman Reigns' name out of their mouth. Uh, Street Profits laugh at Theory. Theory doesn't know what to do here, whether he's going to have to pick mm-hmm. a side or whatever. Uh, Theory says, oh, yeah, well, you, Montez Ford, you and your missus are going to leave SummerSlam without titles. Big brawl breaks out, um, but the numbers game, because Theory decides, I'm going to side with the baddies, to beat the crap out of uh, the Street Profits alongside the Usos. Out comes Mad Cat Moss to even the odds, though, uh, and the faces clear the ring of all the heels, and Dawkins hits this huge dive onto them uh, to end the segment, and it was subsequently announced that this was going to be a six-man to headline the show. But I thought this was a hell of a, a transition. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's. I mean, we could talk about how it's a good job that this broke down the way it did. Otherwise, what was going to headline this episode of this seismic episode of SmackDown? Yes. We've gone without a headline match. But I think it's. You made the most salient point there. It's not so much about the fiction. It was more to do with the factual narrative here about who exactly could follow what. Who could be the first entrance music? Who could be the first wrestlers? Who could be the first speakers? And indeed, what could be the first content that could possibly follow this thing? And it's probably a. Um, stamp of approval or a nod of acceptance mm-hmm. from those internally that it was put on the Street Profits and the Usos to have this standoff and to promote this tag match. This tag match is going to be one of the bigger things on the card on... The biggest. You've got Jeff Jarrett and it's the biggest. I didn't want to say that unless I you know, have to back back accusations of bias, but thank you for making that clear. It's going to be this like enormous... Talk about seismic events. Jeff Jarrett returned to Nashville. Seismic on, sun, on Saturday. Um, and I thought this did a reasonable job of folding in this... Middling Madcap Moss theory, uh, rival this mini rivalry they've got going on, which suddenly feels because it is fresher than theories one with Lashley, where mm. there's actually a match booked for it. <laughs> like there, I, I think it was decent use of the theory Madcap Moss thing to just to just put one more barrier up for yet more street profits use sort of stuff because that's what we're doing now, isn't it? Like there's been singles matches, there's been tags, there's been multi mans, there's been every single iteration of it. You can't keep the action fresh. You've just got to make it look slightly different. <laughs> yes. So in that respect it was quite effective. 
yeah, I really like this. And uh, I thought, well, there's no Brock, so they might as well put that in the main event. Yeah. And we'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, then we got a rematch that was confirmed following uh, the incidents previously between Shinsuke Nakamura and Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, Gunther, uh, the replay was shown of him chopping Kaiser after that first match. And uh, yeah, he gave uh, he gave Kaiser a bollocking throughout this match, yeah. which I really appreciated. Um, back and forth from him and Nakamura. Uh, Kaiser takes the early advantage, but Nakamura fights back and hits a knee for a near fall. And then uh, Kaiser gets fired back up by Gunther yelling at him. Hits a running knee for a two count. But Nakamura hits a running knee himself in the corner. Sends Kaiser to the floor again. Gunther shouts at him to, <laughs> mot- to motivate him. Uh, Kaiser catches Nakamura on the apron and drops drops his drops him via the leg, uh, and then sends him into the ring steps. And Gunther looks a little bit more pleased with all that. Kaiser's in control when we come back from a break. Uh, Nakamura recovers though. Enziguri running knee, sliding German suplex using the ropes, uh, and Kaiser rolls to ringside for yet another bollocking. Nakamura throws Kaiser back in the ring. Gunther gets in his face, and you think, "Well, we'll see how this story ends." Kaiser small packages Nakamura. Nakamura kicks out though. Regains control, sets up for the Kinshasa. Again, Gunther calls a distraction. Again, Kaiser rolls him up. Again, Nakamura kicks out. Then nails um, Gunther, uh, nails uh, Ludwig Kaiser with a kick. Um, and as he goes to pin, they do the old gimmick of he pushes him off. That sends Nakamura into the ropes. Gunther nails him with a punch. Uh, and Kaiser hits a brutal-looking DDT. Look really mm. good. For the one, two, three. Ludwig Kaiser has uh, got the win back. Everything's good in his world with Gunther. And they get up to the top of the ramp and Gunther goes, no, open up your jacket. I'll stand out. Arms behind your back. I'm going to chop you. And then he fake, ah, I got you. You did a good job. Boom! <laughs> Huge chop. And he yells at him. And I just love this dynamic. I, yeah, I'm still not sold on it. Nakamura and Ludwig Kaiser have got some goddamn liquid chemistry. Like, they work really well together. So slick, and Nakamura's work looks... It's, it's a bit, but, like, good snap. Like, it's got some welly behind yeah. it. It's some good pace. Like, Kaiser sells so well for the transitions between them. are fantastic. It's, there's a lot to like about what is otherwise background-watching wrestling, which is what's happening here, because, ultimately... You remember the... Um, Samoa Joe Finn Balor takeover match that was blood stoppages Mm -hmm. and they would constantly have to like stop the match to fix up Samoa it felt like that but it was Gunther (laughs) Gunther stuff like just as you were getting into it it was like Gunther stuff I don't know if you the viewer at home know this but there's uh, a lot of uh, Gunther playing guidance counsellor to Ludwig Kaiser at the moment just in case we weren't clear six seconds ago (laughs) 100 foot high letters of what the story is all that kind of stuff so it was just hard going to see this potentially like quite absorbing Mid-card match, broken up by the Gunther stuff. I will, I will say I did pop a little bit for just how well uh, Kaiser sold the chop. So the whole, the relief of, he's like, put your hands behind your back. He's like, I don't want to. And he's like, no, it's okay. Put your hands behind your back for the pose. Oh, the pose? Yeah, cool. He does a pose. And then bang, as you say. It's quite funny. Like, you just hit the deck off this chop. And that's, I will say, that is getting the chop over. It's got back over, yeah. A little bit more than the Gunther matches did when he first arrived on SmackDown. So that's, that's... It's not bad, this. I'd say they're rolling a four here. Uh, they c- could always be rolling a five or a six, but mm. better to be rolling a one or a two or a three. Exactly. Uh, and then we see uh, the SmackDown Women's Champion and the number one contender, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey, getting mic'd up. we got a face-off between the two of them next. Um, <laughs> Paul... Hey, Gaila! Introduces them. Asks the first question, and Ronda goes, piss off. Yeah. 
We've got it from here. Uh, and they'd recapped, obviously, the cash-in prior to this. Uh, she says, look, Liv, I respect you. I don't blame you. I understand why you cashed in. Uh, you know, you're a, you're a, an intriguing new champion in this SmackDown Women's division. But I'm still Ronda Rousey, and you're still Liv Morgan. And that means I'm going to beat you at SummerSlam and regain my title. Uh, and then afterwards, just like I did when you beat me, I want you to shake my hand. Great, ominous, threatening persona here from, from Ronda. And uh, Morgan says, look, I get why you say that. Um, and I appreciate your, your, your kind words. But I loved you, Junior. <laughs> uh, I need this more than you. And I'll make sure I shake your hand. After I beat you again. Got him. Uh, and Rhonda says, look, you've got more passion than anyone. Except me. Are you okay? Hit, didn't hit hand on the right? table. <laughs> Except me. And, uh, yeah, I... I, I like this is good foreshadowing for for what I anticipate is going to go down at SummerSlam. Yeah, this was all right. This it was um, these what right. So I wanted so much this to go well because you could see Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan were trying not to make this feel like a very very forced and scripted face. Mm-hmm. The dialogue was very WWE. Like you could hear them hitting the like the cadence of the voice was like right. I've got to make sure that I nail that line because that's the money line. It, none of them are money lines, really. No. But yeah, like yeah, it's all the stuff that you can forecast, and it's all it's the way that they should tell this story, and that's what's good about it. If they, this is following the exact way to tell the story. You want to see um, Ronda Rousey picking at the confidence of Lynn Morgan, this newfound confidence that she's got when she comes mm-hmm. out with the belt because she's the champion. Got new side plates now. Well, indeed, she should feel like the star that she now is. Um, but Ronda Rousey should be there to. Just, you know, chip away at that and just make her feel like you don't know what you're dealing with. That whole I'm Ronda Rousey, Olive Morgan is fantastic because the mere fact that she can use her name as a way to, like, flex status over Liv Morgan, like, positions the match perfectly. I just wish it was... And here we go. We're back to... Already we're back to the Vincent Mann thing. You wonder what how this would go with a little bit more freedom mm. because you could just tell there was absolutely no wiggle room here. There was a series of lines that were being recited and it didn't matter that the story was... Like, the story has growth one and one But I would love now to see characters like this be allowed to just colour outside the line slightly. I know Liv Morgan's a, a good old white meat baby face. Yeah. Why don't have her this week say... say I watched the UFC. I saw what happened when you tried to regain your title. Yeah. Amanda Nunes sparked you out, and that's what I'm going to do. Like, give her a bit of an edge. She's not going to be a dick about it. I thought you were going to say, I've uh, watched the UFC, and she comes out and like, wrestles in a gi. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just like in Liv Morgan's MMA showcase. <laughs> yes. Uh, right, well, we'll look forward to that, uh, and we'll preview it, obviously, uh, coming up later <laughs> on this week. I don't imagine you will. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, include it now. We're just like it'll be like Paul Murray or Nicholas or somebody that's been dragged into a SmackDown preview, and they'll just be like, "What's this? Liv Morgan's MMA showcase? Is this a thing? <laughs> she's a ju- she's a judoka now, is she? And it is possible. Just, now. just say it and see what like yeah. looks like. It might be convincing. Then came the highlight of the entire show because yeah. they are doing a weird sort of like, oh, what do you reckon to Ronda? Oh, what do you reckon to Liv Morgan at ringside? And suddenly, and I mean suddenly, in comes Happy Corbin. And he doesn't do, you know, like when they were at Money in the Bank, yeah. and he sort of just snatched Pat McAfee over the barricade. And people, that looked great. And I was like, well, how do you top that? Mm. I'll tell you how. Michael Cole screaming for help <laughs> as Happy Coleman does his best. This is Sparta! Impression. <laughs> I popped. I popped more than when the Street Brothers music hit. It was incredible, that kick. 
Though that's the perfect chair for it. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect cell for it. Kevin Dunn, the perfect framing for it. I will give you credit there. Yeah. Just this leg comes in. Fucking have that. <laughs> he went flying. Cole's like, oh my God. He beats the crap out of him. Then goes, oh crap, he's getting up. Runs off, that little bitch that he is. Yeah. Pat McAfee gets up, doesn't go, oh, my head hurts. He goes, where's he gone? I'm, I'm getting that bell end. He runs to the back. We cut backstage. Then the Kevin Dunn camera work starts. Mm-hmm. They have a quite good brawl, mm-hmm. I thought, backstage. Everyone piles in. Postman Pierce, all the, you know, generic people separate them. But they're still trying to get shots in here and there. And they walk... They, they cut to the break, and they come back, and Cole's like, oh, here's what you just missed, or whatever. And I was like, I actually quite appreciate it. I know I've just seen it, but if someone's tuning in, going, Pat McAfee's <laughs> had his head kicked in. Great. Pat McAfee, he's going to be a world... I know I'm, I'm putting the world title on about 20 different people in this yeah. podcast. Give him, the world, give him a world title, mm-hmm. right? Okay? Because he walks down to the ring, the crowd are like, I love you. I love you. Every single person in that arena was like, I want Pat McAfee to win at SummerSlam. Yeah. He gets in the ring. He doesn't go and give me a mic. He goes, give me a mic. Oh, receiver's catch with the mic. <laughs> nails it. Gets on the mic. Goes, right. Starts the bum-ass Corbin, which I was now like, yeah, bum-ass Corbin. <laughs> he goes, right, SummerSlam, me and you, you can't jump me from behind. You can't use that stupid bloody diaper ration excuse. It's going to be, and he managed to get man versus big dumb ball baby over. I was like, yeah, baby, right? And he goes, my foot is going to hit that big head. I'm going to put you down for good, bitch. <laughs> and then he just went back to commentary. And I was like, well, the greatest segment of wrestling just happened. It was really good stuff, this. I share your enthusiasm, if not your delivery of it, because this was the good stuff. It was, I mean, the brawl was uh, Solo Sikawa, Von Wagner-esque. Yes. They just could not be tamed. They could not be stopped. The attack was spot on, as you say. I'm critical of uh, what have we seen a lot of lately? Runnings from the front, like <laughs> yeah, he's attacking from in front of me. But this was from the side, so I bel- and a, wheel, a spinny wheelie chair. So he just spun him around and went. Boom. Well, this is it, right? If anything, it benefited from the incredible invention of peripheral vision because McAfee knew what was happening, but when it was too late to stop it, so it was sort of perfect, wasn't it? It was like oh god, and then bang, right in the face. That looked great. Um, the brawl was just super heated, and the point I was going to make, and I'm glad you laboured on it, the reaction when Pat McAfee came back out was everything, because it's one thing for um, WWE to run a brawl, run a beatdown, whatever, and these characters not be particularly connecting with the crowd, or them to smash that hairdryer button. Well, this is fake. Like, the, the, the fans don't really care. They're mm. just being sent out there to do whatever. They were so with Pat McAfee. They just they wanted, and this never happens on WWE anymore, the fight that is booked for two weeks' time, they wanted it there and then. And often in WWE, it's like, can we just wait for two weeks? Can we please just see if we can get to two weeks' time before we already have the match that we're going to wait for on a Saturday? People were desperate for it. I am. Um, this is one of the most hotly anticipated matches of the SummerSlam card. Amazing. Not, and not just because it's not just a rematch. but if, it's, you, if you'd have said to me, we're going to have Corbin fight, after all this stuff he went through with, with Drew and that stupid decision to have him let mm. kick out the end of days, and then Mad Cat Moss, and you're like, right, that's him done now. He'll lose to Mad Cat Moss in that weird... Yeah, we were campaigning for him to have a break, his throat, it, yeah. Go away. And you're like, we're going to bring him back and have him face um, McAfee. And you're like, oh. Like, I get putting McAfee against some heel, mm. but give him anyone else. Just yeah. have anyone. Just have the Miz or whoever it might be. Just be like, oh, I don't like you. <laughs> and then he, oh, he does this. Yeah. Totally redeems himself. It was tremendous. He, uh, Imagine if McAfee was the one to kick out the end of days first. 
the roof had come off. The, is it Allegiant Stadium? Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd, yeah, you'd, probably one you remembered because it had been a match that means something as well. Like the, This was just a tremendous bit of business and I've got absolute faith in the match on Saturday as well. I, I've got complete faith in whatever they've got lined up working out fantastically well. It's going to be so good. Yeah. I just thought this was absolutely sensational. Uh, just like whatever Xavier Woods was wearing on his head was nightmare <laughs> fuel to me. It was a unicorn mask. They yeah. came out next ahead of the new Vicious Viking Readers oh. uh, in a 90-second uh, match with Jinder Maul and Shanky. Their eyes are painted black. But um, the key thing here, less the match because it was just a stupid count-out nonsense bollocks. Referencing Ring of Honor and the IWGP tag titles, man. Like, yeah. The forbidden Door's flung open, hasn't it? <laughs> the real Forbidden Door now, guys. Because it was the fire exit that Vincent Mann was never going to walk yeah. out of. Yeah. <laughs> Either, yeah, I guess so. That We'll, we'll see how that develops. Um, these, my God, the new Vicious Viking Raiders is just the stupidest, lamest stuff. Um, taking that win by count out, nothing wrong without the heels. Oh, yeah, they chucked Mahal into the new yeah, day. Sorry, was, yeah, sorry, yeah. were on commentary. That's, uh, you don't, that's literally it. That's the match. But then the New Day storm the ring when they finally get back in there and the vic- the new Vicious Viking Raiders are like, yeah, we'll see you another day. That just felt so weird. Like, the, if that, like the, is New Vicious Viking Raiders this knowing thing where it's like, we're not new and vicious, we're kind of asshole cowards. It just, I'd, I just think this character shift thus far has been terrible. We've seen them match loads. It's not worthy of a SummerSlam, which means they're going to dare to sell us the Vicious Viking Raiders versus the New Day on SmackDown as a... Finally, it's happening. <laughs> it feels like it's happened. It feels like I've seen six versions of it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm bored of it, and they've not even had the first. They've not even concluded the first major program. I realise it, it's not a normal time in America when people watch this, but this for me was a bit where I went right bedtime. Yeah, because I was just like, I know what happens from here, and I can just catch up on this show. So I don't know how people sit through it normal speed every Friday when it's not in the immediate aftermath of the resignation of the. Biggest person, biggest personality in, in professional wrestling history. Maybe when WWE just like smash you over the head with exposition, it's for situations like this where like thick old me really does need some sort of difference in the Viking Raiders. That whether it's an aesthetic change beyond just paint their eyes black, or you put them in entirely new wrestling gear, or you have one of them speak in this articulate erudite way that they never have them before mm. about why he's abandoned his interest in LARPing to instead become a, I don't know, an NFT trader or something like that. <laughs> like, just a characteristic shift beyond what we've seen so far is so necessary for them. Mm. Uh, right, Sonia Deville showed up in Postman Pierce's office and said, everything's bloody going wrong, including Lacey Evans not wrestling last week. Mm-hmm. More on that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he went, oh, slag me off, will you? Uh, you can have a match against Raquel Rodriguez. What? Okay. <laughs> anyway, next up it was fight! No, baby! It's now over with me because Pat McAfee does it. I love everything that he does. Out come the brawling brutes. uh, And Sheamus says, oh, I'd love to have fought Drew McIntyre tonight for that shot of the world title at Clash at the Castle. But, you know, I'm scared of him and his sword, basically. (laughs) And he told McIntyre to not bring his sword to the ring. And they show what happened with him cutting the rope. And McIntyre's music hits. And he got the sword. And then Sheamus makes an agreement that he'd get rid of Ridge and Butchy, I think is what he called him. <laughs> if he got, puts the sword away and he puts the sword in the turnbuckle and he goes, okay. And then they get into it and McIntyre says, oh, Seamus, what happened to your passion? What happened to you? When did you become such a bitch? <laughs> uh, and he says, look, one of us is going to is gonna be fighting for this this universal title, all the, all the bills, mm-hmm. uh, at Clash at the Castle. Um, look, the current champion's holding the titles hostage. The previous champ isn't exactly much of an improvement. 
Let's just have a match right now. Get on with it. You know, we're two hard bastards. We used to be mates. Let's just have it out right now. And Shane's like, oh, do you want the match? Does everyone here want the match? You know what? Let's do it. Yeah, let's have the match. Just not tonight. Classic gimmick. Uh, and he said, uh, we're going to do it next week, but it's not going to be your average match. It's going to be your good old-fashioned Donnybrook fight. Uh, uh, basically, that means that um, Drew McIntyre can't bring the sword, and there's a table there that's got this green cloth on it. He mm-hmm. pulls the cloth back, and it's full of shillelies. It's shillelies, shenanigans. <laughs> Michael Hamlet. And uh, Pierce goes, oh, yeah, comes out and goes, yeah, bollocks. Uh, it's official. <laughs> Adam Pierce must like, uh, I'm the luckiest boy in WWE town. <laughs> I wanted to book a Donnybrook battle, but I didn't have my table full of shillelaghs. Oh, Seamus has brought one with him. Perfect. And I thought, what are they doing here? Because Seamus then goes, right, ladies and gents, it's official. And I was like, what's going on? Is this the whole gimmick for you and Nicholas? Just specifically for you and Nicholas, the it's official gimmick. It's official. But what's happening is he's got the shillelagh resting on the top. <laughs> Drew McIntyre cuts it in half. He doesn't just cut it in half, though, does he, Will Bond? Let's, let's like, for the theatre of the mind, for those that, watch, that don't watch SmackDown, but instead listen to our podcast, he cuts the shillelagh with the sword. Mm-hmm. And then, much like now, apparently, when Drew cuts anything with the sword, you hear a big... Boom! <laughs> Only, it's not in time with the cutting of the shillelagh, no. is it? It's basically, cut shillelagh. Boom! <laughs> and they both just have to walk around as if that's normal. It's like, at this point, and I, I see dog owners on Twitter that are particularly stressed about this. What were we up to now? It's like 20-something of July. Yeah. Like, in England. Like, you know American dog owners. Like, July the 4th was like three weeks ago. My dog's having an epi over it. Oh, because like, people just keep setting off fireworks? Yeah. Is that because you stuck Smackdown on and Drew got his sword out? <laughs> this bang sound effect is stupid enough. And, like, believe me, it's stupid in person. Like, it lived through it when he cut those ropes at WrestleMania. It's like, it's that. It keeps coming back to Krusty having watched that terrible itching and scratching. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> but when you don't even time it right with the, like... Well, now he's cut the shillelagh, and I don't believe it really happened because I didn't hear the explosion noise. Yeah. Like, if I, know one, if I know one thing about snap shillelaghs, it makes an explosion noise that echoes around a 20,000 seat building. I think you should. Now it's unrealistic. I think you should bring the kids in just for the SmackDown preview on Friday, to be honest, because we're going to have some fun with that. I don't, I don't want them to know what daddy does for a living. <laughs> I don't want to, like, I, I, I never want them to ask me, oh, like, can, I, can you just explain to me what you do so I can talk about it at school? Um. <laughs> Friends got some buttons. Uh, so Paul Hamer's with the Usos. The Usos are pissed off with Theory, but they're having to tag with him and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And they, they, they hate him, but Hamer's like, no, use him and then kill him, basically, end of the night. Uh, and then we got Raquel Rodriguez versus Sonia Deville. Uh, Rodriguez and her big old back. A big old smile, actually. You should be looking around the front because she's very happy. so happy to be there. She's very happy. Uh, interesting to see what they do next with her now. That's going to be very interesting because, yeah, she dominated Deville uh, toying with her earlier on, but Deville fights back, hits some back elbow, slows the pace down. Uh, Rodriguez hits a fall-away slam and a corkscrew elbow, gets a two-count. Um, Deville goes for a DDT, but Rodriguez in a big back allows her to hold on and chuck Deville across the ring. Rodriguez misses a tackle in the corner. Deville hits a DDT for a near fall, but she's selling her arm. That allows uh, Rodriguez to recover. And after Deville goes for a series of kicks, which he, they, she does hit, uh, Rodriguez suddenly grabs her and pits, puts her down with the Tejana bomb. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're oh, calling oh, it? Yeah. Um, I love Raquel Rodriguez. This was a relatively straightforward victory. Yeah, I like both of these. Um, and this was basic. Nothing went wrong. There was... 
<laughs> Nothing went wrong, so it wasn't a total disaster for television. Mm. But it was just too basic to be emotionally involved with. I don't know what they're doing with DeVille. And Raquel, Raquel Rodriguez is exactly where she was before Money in the Bank, um, which is to say I don't think they want to commit to a push, but they have to feature her. Yeah, just keeping her busy. Yeah. Uh, right, what have we got next? Egg. Oh, you know what that noise means? That means we have to crack on, so unfortunately we have to really run through this next <laughs> bit really quickly. There's an Usos video, uh, Uso Street Profits video package. Lacey Evans insults the fans from last Ugh. week. Lacey Evans comes out again this week, insults the fans. Tom Brady, that's why he left here. Yeah. Ah, Boston. Um, booze. Uh, nobody in Boston's accomplished anything. No one could do what I can do. I'm in the military. Blah, blah, blah. Aaliyah, again, is meant to have a match with her, tries to get in her face, gets hit with a woman's right, and then apparently they're going to fight next week. Okay. It's the same. It's the same. Every week it's the same. It stinks. Yes, yeah, uh, Mr. Hamlet. Everything stinks. Right, that's now we've sped through. We can slow things down again because um, let's see what's next. Oh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett's getting interviewed backstage <laughs> by Kayla Braxton. Uh, he says he's honoured to be the special guest referee at SummerSlam. So honoured he's dressed a week early. You, like, if you, if you had a job interview coming up and you were in your best seat, you wouldn't stick out a week. You'd be stinking the following week later, wouldn't you? You'd be drenched in sweat. Well, I just I was really enthusiastic about the job. Yeah, but your interview's today. Well, I know, but I wanted to make sure the suit fit. Seven days ago, we had a heat wave. I'm dying. He basically says that the Usos and the Street Brothers have tried to bribe him. Yeah. It's what he implies. But he says, no one can sway me. Spells out his name. And he says, this is going to be the greatest tag team match in history. And I believe him. Yeah, I can't think of any other contenders of late. Hmm? I don't know what if they were referring to. If there was a digger or a knock here, I didn't see it. Uh, love Jeff Jarrett. Usos come down for the main event. But before that... We go backstage, and this is tinged with a bit of sadness for me, mm. this. We go backstage, and there is Maxine Dupree. Wee. Wee, wee. Not Ginny. No. Sophia Cromwell is yeah. revealed to be uh, the sister of... Von Wagner has been so angry lately. Max Dupree. Um, she is something to do with Maximum Male Models. I can't remember exactly. Talent liaison yeah. or some bollocks. Uh, and unfortunately, there's no time this week, so they're going to do the beachwear thing next week. And then I read online. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this is good or bad, because, like, I don't know what's going to happen with Maximum Male Models, because that's clearly a Vince thing, and he's not there anymore. But the former L.A. Yeah, the former Eli Dreyera, the former, now, Max Dupree, he's gone. Yeah, I'm worried, man. Apparently, I'm worried well. for Marseille, <laughs> for Mansoir. Apparently, the ir- tragic irony of this is, wasn't it like one of the last Vincent Van calls? When so I don't like that guy. <laughs> He's gone. Bring in somebody else to do it. I wonder if that can now be uncalled, or maybe you'll get like a, one last chance or something like that. Or Just give me one more. Yeah, we give not- we give this four weeks, didn't we? And this was the four week mark for the gimmick as well. So this could just be the Wendy Chu effect. Yes, I, look, it doesn't have to be Max Dupree. I just want whatever your stupid name you want to give him, whatever yeah. thing you have him talk into the side of people's necks and just talk. I don't think he's having wrestle that much. Mm. It's, it's not great. Not looking great, is it? I'm still holding that hope. I will always be positive when yeah. it comes to Max Dupree. What if he gets two more wrestlers as his new models and you have a model tag match? I just love the fact that he's, like, he's rubbed a few people up the wrong way backstage, and I don't know, you know, what's gone on there. But, like, this was great. Yeah, people were gravitating He's doing stuff it. online with it. People are applying. Yeah, the thread was good. The threads were beautiful. I'm glad it didn't apply now. Well, yeah. Glad it didn't apply. You know what? So, 
Until you bring him back, I will not, <laughs> will not be applying for your modelling agency. That's your principal stance on this matter. That's it. I respect it. Main event time, Mad Cat Moss on the Street Profits versus Theory and the Usos. Theory and the Usos can't get on, but they still sort of tag. Uh, but as a result of that, the Street Profits get the advantage. Um, who send the Usos to the floor. Mox, Moss knocks Theory off the apron. They go to break. When we come back, Theory's taken over. He's back Moss into a corner, but then Moss gets to his corner and Dawkins gets the hot tag and runs wild. And Dawkins gets caught with a super kick from Jey Uso. Ford tags in. It's a great flying crossbody for a near fall. Uh, the the, the uh, heels recovered and beat down Ford, and he gets chucked over the barricade to go for another break. And when we come back, the heels still firmly in control. Um, Dawkins gets knocked off the apron with a super kick. Moss tags in and runs wild. He catches Theory with a fallaway slam and a tackle on Jay in the corner. Moss looked great here. Mm-hmm. Um, Moss gets hit with a super kick from Jimmy, though. That gets a near fall. He tries to tag Theory, but Theory, that, Jimmy, that is. But he goes, ah, no, I'm out of here. See you later. Takes his briefcase, goes to leave. And Jey Uso just brilliantly appears and goes, where do you think you're going? <laughs> Kicks his head in. And then there's a brawl between the Street Profits and the Usos. Ford hits this unbelievable Superman dive to take them all out. I say that, I mean, Dawkins and the Usos. Theory's still there, though, so he decides, you know what? Change of plan now, I'm going to win this match. He gets in with Moss, gets a near fall after this mad, like, like twists his legs into like a figure four, then mm-hmm. picks him up and drops him on his head, which looked great. Uh, sets up the A-Town down, Moss slips out, Moss hits Theory with a tackle, goes for a second tackle, well, goes for a third tackle, really, because the first time they botched it in the corner. <laughs> Regardless... In comes the briefcase. Theory twats him with the briefcase. Gets DQ'd for a second week in a row. And you think, oh, what a wet fart of an ending to this mad, you know, intriguing episode of SmackDown. Ah, oh, well, that's a bit rubbish. Brock Lesnar's music hits. All is right in the world. Every wrestling journalist has apparently been worked or something <laughs> or confused or who knows, or in pro- probably more reality, it wasn't the fact that they were like, let's go and work all these journos. They probably, he did leave. Yeah. He said, if he's gone, I'm gone. And then someone went, we'll give you loads more money. And he went, I'll oh, change the plan, I am coming back. <laughs> he comes back. Uh, and uh, there's a bit of a reference from McAfee about him uh, potentially leaving him later yeah. on. He gets in the ring, hits Theory, obviously, with an F5. And then he just batters him with a briefcase. I thought for a split second he was going to do the gimmick he did with Braun where he threw the briefcase into the <laughs> sun. But instead, he beats him down with a briefcase, puts the briefcase down, F5s him onto the briefcase, and then picks up his little cowboy hat and goes, "Milady, Milady," and uh, closes out the show in absolute chaos, and I love it. Yeah, I, I'm not as high on this one, to be honest. I, I saw that like the reaction was... It's not Goldberg. That's the way you got to view yeah, it. Yeah, I suppose. Lesser of the evils. I... I saw the reaction, and fair play to whomever either planted the story or if it was real, as you say, that they moved the mountains to get him back to make the element of surprise greater for the live crowd. They'd certainly eaten just plates and plates and plates of shit, so it was nice to have some dessert at the end. Good for them. Otherwise, I just... What are they... Like, what story really are they telling with this? Like, I know when Michael Cole said that Brock was wailing on... um, Theory with the briefcase, and those shots look really cool. And then Michael Cole did that sort of, and it's last man standing rules, and this is what he could do to Roman Reigns. I could, <laughs> but like, um, is is that really effective in selling that match anymore? So not really. There's no. I don't care now. We've got the light at the end of the tunnel, and I know things are going to change. So possibly, yeah, possibly. That's I, what it did for me. I, I just, I wasn't. Well, I'll be honest, right? When Brock was off SmackDown, I was more interested than when he returned. I thought, I'd, yeah. I'd, I didn't particularly want Goldberg, but I was like, oh, this is a bit of spice. What could this do at SummerSlam? What might they need to like pull out at the last minute, if not Brock and if not Goldberg? 
and then to just have everything reset again by the end wasn't quite as high on that. It's the Family Guy thing. They say pr- put the ugly girl next to Meg. Yeah. They say what if SummerSlam isn't Brock versus Roman, which has got a great amount of history, and whilst maybe some matches haven't lived up to expectations. Mm. The intrigue around it, you got Heyman, you got the Usos, Last Man Standing, what's all that about, blah, 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 what's going to go on with the titles, theories that are hovering over all this, blah. I just, hey, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a Last Man Standing match at SummerSlam. You get less bad as a main event because <laughs> the alternative was Goldberg. Yeah, maybe. Like, as I can sit here and talk till I'm blue in the face about, well, maybe Sami Zayn could uh, do some, uh, maybe they could get, I don't well, know. Speaking of Sami Zayn, what Rollins, if it was Stone Cold Steve Austin? Yeah. Then if I show you Austin and... Roman a year. That was never going to happen yeah. in on nine days. No. Nine days. Notice. Saw your eyes wide in there. Wait a second. Not even nine days. It's eight. <laughs> no, it's it's it. Um But I was just like, oh, it was relief. That's what it was. I was yeah. just like, oh, thank God he's here. If he's here now, that means he's definitely going to be here a week on Saturday. Mm. So, whew. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming as well. So. Romans on, I know we're going to preview Raw properly. Romans Raw tonight. Oh my God, on a three hour show. How much are they going to be? There's going to be a celebration as well. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, Dad. Tune in for this jacked up preview. As soon as Vince was gone, we always said Vince goes electric channel. That's what we always said. We said it'd only come on the Raw after. Ah, of course. See. Should have said that at the top of the show, but this is why you stick around to the very end. Exactly. Let us know your thoughts on. Vince's retirement yep. uh, on everything. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, what's oh, happened? God. Very urgently again. Oh, I Absolutely. thought you were going to give us breaking news. Oh, there, I really something. thought something was going to happen. <laughs> I really thought something had broken there because that's what normally happens when you burst in. No, no. no thanks, Brexit. Hi, everyone. Bye. Hi, everyone. Adam Cleary on Twitter. Send out the really, um, the really expensive meat room. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Tony Khan, for paying for that. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, let us know your thoughts on, yes, on just, just about everything. Smackdown. Really resignation meeting room. I hope I'm not holding job interviews for just deposed chairman of major billion uh, wrestling companies. Oh, uh, no. At what culture WWE I'm on Twitter? Some tweets. Well, actually, there you can follow uh, both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said, uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, we're going to be reviewing Rampage, and we're going to be looking ahead to a bonkers-looking Monday Night Raw a little bit later on today. But for now, this has been the SmackDown review. My thanks to Michael Hamflit. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. 
Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.